This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Tonight on Huckabee, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. John Carter Cash celebrates his iconic father, mesmerizing magic with Jason Hootie. Country rock band, November Blue. Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee! And welcome, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. I hope that you're getting all geared up for turkey this week. I'm going to be deep frying one and putting one in the smoker because I have a big family coming over to my house this uh, Thanksgiving, and I'm going to load them up with turkey. And you know one of the reasons why? You say, because it's Thanksgiving. Oh, that's just part of it. The other is turkey has tryptophan. You know what that does? It makes you sleepy. And if I fill up my whole house full of kids and family with tryptophan, they'll all go to sleep and be quiet. And that's why I'm doing two types of turkeys for Thanksgiving this year. A little tip for you, no charge for that. But I hope you have, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. And if you're traveling, be careful, have a good time, and please be prepared to sell a kidney just to fill up the gasoline tank in your car, because it may require it. Well, I was in Georgia this week campaigning for Herschel Walker in his runoff against Raphael Warnock. I'm glad you're happy about that, because I was. I don't know if you know this, but Warnock is a pro-abortion pastor. Now, for me, that's something I just can't understand. How can you be a pastor and stand for the weak and the vulnerable and then think that it is okay to kill the most vulnerable of all, an unborn baby, right up until the time of birth. And having the ever-leaning-to-the-loony-left Democrats with more seats in the Senate means confirming more wacko judges who say they don't know what a woman is or who believe that we can just keep counting votes until we get the result we want. That's why this race is so important. Last week, I was so glad to have Arizona Governor candidate Carrie Lake on our show but I was so sad that Arizona finally decided after eight days of counting votes that the Democrat Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, had miraculously defied the polls and won the race for governor. It sure helped that Katie Hobbs was in charge of running the election and counting the votes. Now, I'd like to think that the people of Arizona are truly embarrassed that it took their state more than a week to count votes. Florida a much more populous state, the third largest in the country, counted their votes in just a few hours and without any controversy. By the way, so did Georgia. And that's even after Stacey Abrams said that voting law reforms would suppress voting. 
It turns out that a record number of people voted in Georgia. So much for suppressing voters. <laughs> Maybe somebody ought to suppress Stacey Abrams and urge her to sit the next one out. Yeah. By the way, I saw something on social media that said that 180 million people were able to vote for American Idol in less than an hour, but Arizona couldn't get it done in eight days. I thought that pretty sums it up, huh? Well, the new label for trying to paint someone as stupid, extreme, or just being certifiably crazy is to call them an election denier. I mean, any candidate who dared question the 2020 election, not saying it was rigged, just questioning if it was all on the up and up, they're considered to be an election denier. Now, the press had the audacity to headline any news story about a very impressive Carrie Lake as election denier Carrie Lake, and then finish the story. It's the equivalent of calling someone a racist, a fascist, homophobe, transphobe, or a threat to democracy. I want you to know, I am absolutely not an election denier because I really do believe we have had elections. Therefore, I don't deny elections. <laughs> I don't deny they happened, but I do wonder about the integrity of a process that takes days and days of looking for and amazingly finding ballots to put a Democrat over the top who was behind. President Trump, this week, he announced he would run for re-election in 2024. Big news of the week. You know, I love him and I deeply appreciate what he achieved as president. I really do. No one has ever come through more for energy independence, giving us the lowest fuel prices in decades, cutting stifling regulations on business, securing the border, moving the U.S. Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, or recognizing the Golan Heights as being part of Israel. He cut taxes on everyone, saw dramatic economic growth until the Chinese unleashed a virus on the world. He gave us the most dramatic turn in the Supreme Court, and he's been the strongest ever president on the sanctity of every human life. Having recognized all that, I'll be honest, I'm not going to think about engaging in the 2024 race officially until we get that Georgia Senate race behind us. I kind of wish President Trump might have waited until then as well. But quite frankly, if he hopes to win a second term, I just hope he unites the party by maybe lowering the insults to other Republicans and just focus on restoring civil order to our major cities, stopping the millions pouring across our southern border, and getting us back to affordable and available American energy. But hey, there's plenty of time to sort all that out. There may be some other people running for the Republican nomination against Donald Trump. And you know what? Having a primary, it can be healthy for the party. Gets the candidates to get conditioned for the big time. But now that President Trump has said he will be running, I hope he'll spend the next few weeks helping Herschel Walker and every other Republican still out there trying to make sure that all the legal votes are being counted. But one thing I won't do, one thing I just will not do, is to be an election denier. Because I certainly believe we've had elections. But I also believe there's been some funny stuff happening in some of these states. And I wonder if the people there deny that. If so, I'll call them election scandal deniers. And that ain't no compliment. Well, as disappointing as the 2022 midterm results have been, 
We do have the silver lining that Republicans have officially won a majority, however slim, in the House of Representatives. That means Nancy Pelosi is now officially retiring. With this majority, Republicans are better poised to stymie Joe Biden's radical agenda. And in case you were fooled by his half-dead delivery, yes, he's pretty radical. After the break, Congressman Jim Jordan joins us to talk about what Republicans can do with that House majority. Don't you dare go away. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Go to MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow AdGovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan has served as ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee for years. But with Republicans taking control of the House of Representatives in January, Jim Jordan is set to become Judiciary Committee Chairman, one of the most powerful positions in our government. He says real accountability is coming, and we're very happy to have Congressman Jim Jordan with us tonight. Congressman, I watched the uh, press conference that uh, you conducted talking about what's up uh, for a, a real inquiry and investigation into accountability for government agencies. Can you assure us you guys are serious about this? Yeah, uh, good to be with you, Governor. Yeah, we got to be serious about it because, you know, we live in the greatest country in history. America is the greatest nation ever, but it's not America if you have a Justice Department that is not treating people equally under the law. And I would argue that's what we have now. And I tell folks, you don't need to take my my opinion or my, my words for it. Listen to what 14 FBI agents who've come to us, the Judiciary Committee, as whistleblowers and told us about what's going on. One whistleblower told us that at the highest levels of the FBI, the Washington Field Office, it is rotted at its core. Now think about that language. And, and so this is why we have to do the investigation, because step one into changing their behavior and beginning to hold people accountable and to make sure that the Justice Department is actually treating people equally under our law is to get the facts out there, get the truth out there so the American people knows exactly what their their government's been up to and specifically the Justice Department has been up to. So we're committed to doing this because it's this is the I think at the heart of what our great country is really all about. Even Christopher Ray, the FBI director, uh, acknowledged that over 70% of the acts of violence since the uh, Dobbs decision uh, reversing Roe v. Wade, 70% of them have been against the pro-life community. 107 pro-life centers have been attacked, firebombed, yeah. vandalized. I don't know the FBI doing much about that, but they go and arrest a 87-year-old grandmother, concentration camp survivor, with armed yeah. weapons. And, and I'm just asking yeah. myself, 
What is up with a government that would do that? Yeah, and they kick in the door of a pro-life leader outside of Philadelphia, arrest him in front of his wife and seven children, when the local judge and local law enforcement said he did nothing wrong, that the FBI did that. So uh, frankly, that's that's probably someone we want to talk to. Who's the U.S. attorney in that district that, you know, we're, we're putting together a list of folks we think are important for us to bring in for a conversation, for a deposition or what we call transcribed interviews. I, I kind of like to talk, I think, to that person, find out what, what was the basis of that. Meanwhile, as you point out, Governor, after the leaked opinion, the Dobbs opinion was leaked and we had all this activity going on, churches, crisis pregnancy centers, and of course, what was going on outside of Supreme Court justices' homes with, with the design being to intimidate them and and, and change the, the decision that was leaked. Uh, it seems nothing happens there. So this is wrong. And you couple it with other things. The first whistleblower came to us, the very first one, talked about the, the FBI and what was going on with uh, uh, investigating moms and dads who were showing up at school board meetings advocating for their kids. I mean, think about that. We well, one, one mom was investigated because she was in the group Moms for Liberty. Well, for goodness sake, that's, that's probably half the country that, that think the way that that, that lady does. So th- this, is, this is wrong and we know it's wrong. We know that over two dozen parents were investigated by the FBI. So th- this is something we think we just have to get into and make sure that we, by, by getting into it, hopefully, um, hopefully cause it to stop. Congressman, it's not isolated. I mean, this is uh, encompassing not just the investigation of parents of pro-life people. This is a a law enforcement community, Department of Justice, FBI, that investigated the uh, elected president, the sitting president, and a former president, all the same person, sought to keep him from getting elected, sought to disrupt his uh, presidency, and continued to make false accusations that he was in collusion with Russia, filed false documents. I mean, this is serious stuff. This is not just pranks in a college fraternity. This is trying to essentially stage a coup d'etat against an elected president. So I know there are some Republicans that are saying, I don't want you guys to get into all these investigations and act like the Democrats. I don't want you to act like the Democrats, but by gosh, Congressman, I do want you to do the investigations. I want our country to operate as a constitutional republic and not some banana republic. Plus, it's our constitutional duty. We're going to take an oath of office on January 3rd when the new Congress is sworn in. And part of our, I mean, our, our, our oath is to the Constitution. Part of that duty is to make sure we do the oversight so the country gets the truth and the facts about what their government's been up to. And I, I had a, a colleague, Matt Gates, had, had a great line, an accurate line in a committee hearing a couple months ago. He said, when is the FBI just going to stay out of the elections and let we the people decide? In 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. In 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. In 2020, they were part of the effort to suppress the Hunter Biden story just days before the presidential election. And then, of course, in the 2022 midterms, 91 days before the election, they raided the home of former President Trump. I mean, maybe it'd be nice if they just stayed out of it and let the country, let the people decide who we want leading us, who we want representing us. Just stay out of the election process like you're supposed to and let we, the people, decide who's gonna be in our government. In addition to your chairing the Judiciary Committee, you're also on the Oversight Committee, which is gonna be the other critically important uh, committee looking at some of the finances, uh, not of Hunter Biden, but Joe Biden. And I'm so tired of the press saying, well, why are we investigating Hunter Biden? You really aren't. You're investigating whether Hunter Biden's business activities with the Communist Chinese Party 
actually involved the sitting president of the United States, Joe Biden. I think that's a pretty serious thing to know. Yeah, it sure is. When you're, I mean, as you point out, Governor, when you're talking about China and Russia, our adversaries, uh, and, and all the business dealings that the president's family, it wasn't just his son involved in this business operation, it was his brother as well. And there were 150 suspicious activity reports, SARS, suspicious activity reports, and these are reports on suspicious banking activity. We've only seen two. Now, here's the interesting thing. The Biden administration has changed the protocols and policy and process for people to see these suspicious activity reports. Used to be congressional committees could have access to that and see that information until the Biden administration. So they've changed the policy. So the committee staff and, and committee has only seen two of those. Frankly, we'd like to see the other 148 because the two we've seen pretty darn suspicious activity going on, money being transferred from multiple accounts, different things. And it's so much so that JP Morgan sent this, the, the, S, uh, the suspicious activity report to the Treasury Department. So th this, I think, just raises all kinds of concerns. First, the Biden administration has not complied with any request that the, the Mr. Comer and the Oversight Committee have sent to him. Second, they changed the policy. And now we learned this week that they've set up this special operation that they're going to uh, attack those of us who are trying to get the truth to the American people. How frustrating is it that the press seems to ignore this story? They even take the White House at its word who released a statement saying, yeah. this is all debunked conspiracy theories. And that's what you get from the press. Yeah. It ought to be, ought to be concerned about this and, and curious about it. Yeah, you would think a real press would do that, but the mainstream press doesn't seem to. I would bet at that press conference, that's probably the first time the Washington press corps actually heard the facts. It's probably the first time they actually kind of had to report on some of the facts. And my guess is it's probably also the first time that they realized, wow, this really isn't Russian disinformation like they told us two years ago. Mm. Congressman, I am uh, looking forward. I'm going to pop some popcorn, get a good seat, and watch these hearings. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you are where you are and chairing that committee, because I've got confidence that you're not going to let these guys get away with it. Thank you very much for joining oh. us, and uh, happy Thanksgiving you to you and your family. Same to you, and thanks for all the good work you're doing for the country. You can learn more about Congressman Jim Jordan online when you head over to Huckabee.tv. We have links to all of the congressman's uh, social media, his website, and the work that he's doing, not just for the people of Ohio, which he certainly is, but frankly, for all Americans as the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. Keith Bilbrey, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up for the rest of the night? Well, John Carter Cash reveals the spiritual journey of his legendary father, Johnny Cash. That's coming up next on Huckabee. One of the great things about being in the studio audience, for those of you that probably need to come and get tickets, is you get to hear a whole lot more of the music of Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, just like they brought us in with the Doobie Brothers' Listen to the Music. Well, you get to hear a whole bunch of it 
I think it's one of the best parts of our whole show because we just happen to have the very best band in America on the Huckabee Show, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Well, speaking of music, most of us grew up knowing my next guest as the son of two of the greatest names in country music, Johnny and June Carter Cash. Now he's an award-winning producer, author, and singer-songwriter in his own right. And he's involved in a fantastic new documentary coming to theaters December 5th, 6th, and 7th. It's called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. It is such an honor to welcome back to the show, John Carter Cash. Great to have you back. Man, I am honored to be here. Thank you for having me, Governor. You know, I'm glad to be here. I, I can't even imagine how difficult it is to be the son of two of the most famous people in the music industry and two of the most beloved people in the music industry. Yeah, you know, um, my parents, they really never lost their upbringing. They mm. stayed close to home and close to the heart. Of course, they had faith, uh, and they stayed close to that also. But it made it that much easier, um, you know, to not feel elated or apart from because they considered the world their family, I think. Well, and they, they were always just giving that sense of graciousness and kindness and love for their fans. Yes, sir. But ha was it hard for you growing up and everywhere you went, you know, oh, I want to get your dad's autograph. Oh, I want to see your mom. That has to be a pressure. Well, um, my father had a separation, I think, between uh, uh, stardom and uh, uh, the cash image and, um, and then who he was at home. And, and uh, my mother did also, and, but they were genuine. You know, and, and, but yeah, I mean, there were times I think that I struggled to try to figure out who I was and where I was headed and, and, you know, whether I wanted to be like my father or do something of my own and independently. Um, but I've always loved music. And so that's, it's led me to music uh, along the path. And I'm grateful to be where I am. It would almost be insane if you didn't have some connection to music. People would say you denied your genetics. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. Well, you know, I, I produce uh, music. I do a lot of production. But I've actually worked with Loretta Lynn uh, in the latter part of her life. I worked more with Loretta uh, than I have any other artist in my life. And I, I produce music videos, also direct. And so I do a lot of different things. When you had Thanksgiving at the Cash Home... Mm -hmm. w w was it normal? Was there a normal kind of Thanksgiving for you guys? Or d did it, it resemble something different? Yeah, it was family, you know. Um, uh, you know, I mean, uh, there were plenty of, quote, unquote, stars that were my father's friends. Yeah. They were always around. And, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't unusual uh, to be in this, you know, to be at a, at a table with Christopherson or, or Bono from U2. You just didn't know uh, what would be next one day to the, ne uh, the other. But um, for one thing, it helped me uh, to separate uh, the fact that, uh, uh, you know, no matter where we put somebody on a pedestal, we're all the same. We still wake up in the morning, put on our britches and look in the mirror and say, oh, I can do this. I know some people that don't even put on their britches anymore. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole new world out there, John Carter. I mean, it's just... Down, right? <laughs> the documentary film that uh, yes. comes out December 5th, 6th, and 7th, mm -hmm. theaters across the country. Yeah. Tell us about this. Well, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of great documentaries out there to know my father. Um, but if you 
comes back around to uh, what's the story that he wanted told. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if he were here today, what would he choose? And that would be one that focused on his spirituality. Mm. Um, you know, my father, um, he was religious by nature. and He, he studied uh, the scriptures. Um, he, he was an ordained minister. He had an honorary doctorate that was well-earned, actually. Mm. Um, I've got hundreds of pages that he wrote, you know, studying the scriptures. And so this documentary film focuses on his spirituality, and it focuses on uh, uh, his spiritual understanding and um, tries to shed a little light into uh, the, the true nature of, of a simple man that's maybe, uh, uh, you know, he was complicated, there's no doubt, uh, I think, but uh, the truth is uh, quite simple. He was a man of love and faith, yeah. and so that's easy to see when you watch this movie. And if you really want to know my father, I believe uh, that this documentary specifically is the one to watch. One of the most beloved people ever in the music industry. I think we've got a, a little bit of a, just yeah, a clip from and the my, film. My Aunt Joanne, uh, she went back to Dias, Arkansas uh, yeah. um, when she filmed uh, this segment uh, where my father and her were raised and, and went back to the home that has been refurbished back to the, its original standing. Um, and, you know, it... it she connected, uh, she connects every time that she goes there. Um, but this gives a little bit of insight into the heart of this film. So. Let's watch it. Walking back in this home is so bittersweet for me. There was such love in this house and tears and hard work. Remembering is uh, sweet and it's very heartbreaking very emotional for me. They were given the house and the land and a mule and 40 acres to farm. And in this film, you've got some pretty notable people. Marty Stewart, mm -hmm. Winona Judd are some of the people that are featured talking about your dad mm -hmm. and connecting to him. Greg Laurie, mm -hmm. uh, one of the most prominent pastors in the country, had a special relationship with your dad, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely so. And and Dad had and my mother both. They had certain people in their fold that they brought in and considered them to be family, even though they might not have been blood. And uh, most of the people that have that insight that are in this film, Greg included, um, knew my mother and father as family. And and so uh, the insight that they have uh, is distinct and it's purposeful. And um, and I do believe that this uh, that this film is is exactly what my father would uh, would like to share about his life. So many Johnny Cash fans. I don't know of anybody that doesn't love your your dad and your mom as well. What will be the biggest surprise that they will find out about the spirituality and the the testimony, the the connection that Johnny Cash had to God? Well, <clears throat> my father, of course, you know he he struggled a lot, and uh, he my mother you know, passed away uh, before my father did. And I think one thing that stands out about his spirituality to me so much is that he, although he had pain, although he, he lost loved ones that he was close to, um, like unto Job from the Bible, my father never cursed mm -hmm. God and never got angry. And, and he, he truly... Uh, he truly had a great understanding of the life that we live in and that, you know, we're on a fallen plane and didn't point a finger and say, why did you do this to me? Yeah. Um, and so hopefully people will see the grace that made up who my father was when, the, when they watched this film. I, I think it'll be a wonderful tribute to him. And, and you know, as an Arkansas guy, there there's go. nobody that is yep, more yep. beloved. In fact, yep. he's in Statuary Hall as a mm -hmm. result of being uh, Arkansas's favorite son.
Yeah, yeah. Nobody is more beloved than, than Johnny Cash in the state of Arkansas, and rightfully so. Thank John you. Carter, I hope people will go and see the film December the 5th, 6th, Sixth, and 7th. Seventh, yeah. Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon, exclusively in theaters that date, December 5, 6, and 7. If you want to know more about how to get information and tickets for a showing near you, if you go to Huckabee.tv, we have connections directly to the film, and I sure hope you'll get to see it. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell us what we have coming up next. Well, we have weird news you may have missed on In Case You Missed It. That's straight ahead on Huckabee. Now, from modern art to celebrity perfumes, we've got the news that really stinks on In Case You Missed It. Well, first of all, some modern art news. It has been discovered that the 1941 painting, New York City One, by Dutch abstract artist Pate Mondrian, has been hanging in museums for 75 years, upside down. No. Yeah. Uh, see what here's what happened. A museum curator found a photo of it in Mondrian's studio with a thicker group of lines on the top, not the bottom. Who knew? <laughs> Furthermore, who cares? Trey okay? would have told him that in a minute. I know. He would have figured First that one out. First time he saw it. Well, maybe Mondrian had it upside down, and he didn't know either. I mean, it is named after New York City, so they should have realized it's been turned in the wrong direction for years, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next, if there's someone on your Christmas list who already has everything at Cracker Barrel, or who thinks... That's pretty good stuff. It? That is. Or who thinks that the stuff in Neiman's catalog is just too cheap, well, then you need the gift guide from Gwyneth Paltrow's website, goop.com. It's got everything that Hollywood celebrities and people who want to be like them might really wish for. Yeah. Goop? Goop. That's the Goop? name of the website. Yeah. Great. Okay. Now, there are all the usual celebrity necessities that you'd expect. You know, like expensive trips to the spa, designer purses and watches, a gold bar paperweight, and I love this one, neon toilet paper. I want one of those. Hey, celebrities do everything with a flair, right? I mean, why not? But there are also some very unique items, like this tufted boudoir chase lounge. Now, you better lie down on it before you look at the price tag. That's a bargain. A mere $28,500. Pocket change for Pocket Trey. Pocket change for Trey, yeah. Or if you're a spiritual celebrity who doesn't care about money, this meditation chair, it's only $3,400. I think I'll just keep maybe reaching nirvana in my lazy boy. There you go. Oh, like you can it. afford a lazy boy? That's... <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I on a hog, man. Well, I call this Chanel purse the Catch-22 bag because the price is by request only. Oh. Ah, but if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Uh, uh, well, Governor, you know, 
all these expensive items. You remind me of something that, that happened to me yeah, just recently. What's after, that? After years of putting away money, saving everything we could in a savings account, my wife came to me yeah. and told me that she had great news. She says, honey, and you know, as only she can say honey. Yeah. She says, honey, we finally got money to buy what we've started <laughs> saving for since 1979. That's a long time. Yeah. Well, you, you could hardly contain the excitement. I mean, it was just electric. I said, you mean a brand new Cadillac? She what? said, no, a 1979 Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it still has some great value. Well, I thought 79 was a good year for Cadillacs. I'd it was not a good year for gasoline prices. I do remember <laughs> that. Well, hey, how about a few budget items for the pet lover on your list? We got some of those. You can virtue signal your rainbow pride to the world on your dog's forehead for only 50 bucks with the vegan hair color kit for dogs. Oh, no. Yeah. And no, you no. your dog so it can release its gender fluid, you'll need the $345 <laughs> Gucci pet collar and the $410 Gucci leash. Mm. Now, I think Gwyneth Paltrow calls this Gucci for your poochie. Oh. <laughs> I, I personally, for my dogs, I'm just gonna stick with Walmart for my woofy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, that favorite word you have when we uh, come to this part of the show. We've got a holiday season gift for you. Two animal videos. First, do you know the Peter Gabriel song, Shock the Monkey? Oh, yeah. Well, this is what inspired it right here. <laughs> wow. The monkey was shocked. Uh, he was shocked. You know you need a new barber when your hair scares monkeys. Yes. <laughs> and finally, enjoy this video of a cat tasting ice cream for the very first time. Oh, man. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> I know that feeling. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, the moral is don't buy Gwyneth Paltrow's $300 a pint gourmet ice cream for cats. They won't appreciate it. Well, before you start gagging and falling over, we're going to end this segment. But until next time, remember, we read the news. Well, prepare to be amazed by magician Jason Hootie and later the great root rock sounds of November Blue tonight on Huckabee. Thanksgiving in style with made-in-the-USA Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more. Go to Huckabee.tv for 30% off select items, November 23rd through the 27th. Well, my next guest has performed over 8,000 shows all over the world. He's had national television appearances, Disney cruises, and a three-month tour of China. And everywhere he goes, he leaves audiences astounded. And he's going to do it tonight, I guarantee. Please welcome the mesmerizing magic of Jason Hootie. Hey! Great to have you here, Jason. Thanks for having me. Thank you. 
I'd love to show you some magic. Let's do it. Okay, I... it's actually with the best-selling toy of all time. Which it's is? also the most frustrating toy of all time. That'd be the Rubik's Cube. The Rubik's Cube, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tried to solve one of these things? Oh, of course, yeah. Were you yeah. successful? Of course not. Not! I'll give you the secret. Okay. I'll give everyone the secret. Don't tell anyone, but the hardest part of solving a Rubik's Cube is once you get those stickers peeled off to line them up centered <laughs> again, they... <laughs> Well, they know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> there are 43 quintillion different combinations to a Rubik's Cube. This one looks different from this one, from this one. 43 quintillion. That number is so big, we could turn the cube one time like that every second. It would take over 65 million years mm. to get to all of the different combinations. Now, the guy who invented it was a guy by the name of Erno Rubik in 1974. He invented the cube and thought it might be impossible to solve. If he thought it was impossible to solve, he'd be amazed to see this. Aha. Aha. Four people are impressed. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they think you uh, scammed them. Everyone else yeah, says, yeah, two cubes in the yeah. bag. Oh, there's not. Oh. Now See, I thought there was somewhere. another one in there. I thought you were scamming me, too. <laughs> well, let's kick, it, let's kick it up a notch. So this okay. time you're going to turn it, okay? Oh, no, so, no, no. So turn it one direction or... Mix it just like that, okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah, do that. Just mm -hmm. do it, just, okay? Exactly. Keep on going. Okay. Don't try to solve it. Just kind of keep it. Oh, then turn well, it a different way and mix it a different No, direction. no exactly. challenge. Every time that you turn it, it's a different one of 43 quintillion. Keep on going. Okay. 43 quintillion different combinations. Wow. When you're all done, you can place it in my hand. Okay. I can do this one. Okay. Watch. It's going to be unbelievable. Inside the bag, it's a little bit harder because you mix it up. Snap of the finger and it comes out yeah. once again. Completely solved. Yeah! That's the same one I just gave you. You know what's really amazing? That time there were two cubes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Magic! <laughs> I'm kind of glad because I, I was thinking there's no way no that way. just happened. Put your cube in your hand like this. Okay. Oh, sorry, this one was yours. Cool. Oh, and okay. curl up your fingers, okay. cover it up like this. All right. Cool. When people think of a solved cube, this is what they think of, solid colors on every side. Yeah. There's a different way to solve one of these things. Lift up your hand. Okay. Without dropping, put your fingers straight. Like what? Put these fingers straight? Oh, like that. Yeah, so okay. I can actually see what you did here. Nothing. Well. <laughs> I hadn't done nothing. Fingers up. Okay. Over up the top. 19, 24, 25, no. 26, no. 27. 27! I think that is a solved cube. It doesn't look like much at the moment. But if I can borrow back the one that you mixed up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Take a look at... No way. Do you see it? Yeah. Whoa. Just take a look at that. That's side number one. There is side number two, yes? Yes. Side number three is also a match, which means that side number four will be a match. It's identical. The bottom is five, yeah? Wow. And the six. Exactly. Exactly. Now you can clap, because that's hard to do. That's hard to you. do. Thanks. Your turn. Oh, You're my trying turn. to solve the cube. Okay. Now, I don't want you to turn it like this, okay? okay. What I just showed you takes years and years of practice. You're going to solve it by magic. You don't even have to look at it. I'll hand it to you behind your back, and you'll turn it like this. You see okay. what I'm doing? Yeah. I know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Put a, no, a cube behind your back and turn it, but 
it's a magic show. So All right. face the audience, yeah. Here we face go. behind your back. I want you to turn it maybe like 15 or 18, 20 times, somewhere okay. around there. Exactly, just like that. Just Imagine like that. every time you do it, it gets closer and closer to being solved. Uh. 15, 18, 20 times. When you're done, leave it behind your back. Stop turning it. Just let me know when you've stopped so I know. Okay, I think that's probably 18 times. 18 times. Yeah. You took a mixed-up cube. Yeah. Turned it behind your back about 18 times. I think so. Bring it out and show it to us. For real? Yeah. Okay. Whoa! <laughs> show them all six sides. Hey, yeah. he's got it! I'm better than I thought. You've got a future. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Who, who knew how good I was? I better watch my back. You're gonna, wow. Yeah, that's great. That's pretty awesome. Hey, we got something big back here if you want to see it as well. I do. Why don't you I'll probably go down there. the audience? Okay. show you something awesome. Check this out. I'm trying to figure that one out. That's pretty awesome. Wow. Hey, if you want to see more of the amazing Jason Hootie, visit Huckabee.tv. We will connect you, and I have a feeling you'll be blown away. How he did that, I have no idea. Right now, I don't have any idea what Keith is about to tell us, but I'm sure it's going to be great. It may not be magic, but it'll be fantastic. I'm speechless. Oh, yeah, Mike talks to the hot roots rock group November Blue and then they perform live right here on Huckabee. Next week, learn how America became an economic powerhouse. And we will kick off the holidays with We Need a Lot of Christmas. That's next week on Huckabee. You know, I know that our audience was listening to Whiter Shade of Pale that Trey and the band were playing, and they were thinking back when they were in their prom. Because I guarantee you, everybody in this audience who's uh, as old as me, or older, you heard that song when you were a teenager, and you loved it then, and you still love it now, because it's a great, great rock anthem, right? Well, you know, I love music, as you know, and this band that we've got tonight, I absolutely think they're one of the hottest things going in music. They combine classic country and rock music. They are a special musical guest tonight. I've been watching their videos, and I am so 
just jazzed that they are here tonight. Because if you like uh, classic country and also rock music, harmony vocals like the Eagles of the Birds, I promise you're going to absolutely love tonight's musical guest. They started in Pennsylvania, uh, and they're still counting votes up there, but they started in Pennsylvania. <laughs> But now their home is in Nashville since 2019. Their latest album is called Find Yourself an Astronaut, which I find an amazing title. <laughs> their upcoming release is called Come Back. You're going to hear a little of that later. Please welcome to the show a phenomenal band, November Blue. Very good to have you guys here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. You have fantastic harmonies. That's one of their trademarks. Six members of the band. Dylan, uh, was that what you wanted to do when you put the band together? I mean, when you guys all started working? Yeah, it was something that we just felt was very natural for all of us. You know, it started Tom and I and, you know, started the band and then went to college together and just added more guys and everyone could sing. So we said, why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's working beautifully. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom, if, if I said, what are the big musical influences on November Blue? What would, what would the main influences be? Oh, man, it's vast. And you can tell when you listen to our music. Uh, there's a lot of 70s guys up here. Yeah. There's a lot of Americana, uh, some gospel. Yeah. Uh, anything harmony-based is our bread and butter. Yeah. And uh, is there any particular sound that when you're playing, you hope people will say, boy, that's different, that's unique? What would it be? Uh, we get compared to the Eagles a lot. So if the Eagles are unique, yeah. And us. And they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we're always flattered to hear that. Hey, look, the Eagles are getting old. Somebody's <laughs> got to replace them. Guys, yeah. it might as well be you. So, I hope so. I, I, one of the things that impresses me is that uh, you've been working with Michael Amartian to uh, put your sound together. How cool is that? Unreal. One of the best. That's, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, he's forgotten more than most people have ever learned in the music business. <laughs> oh, yeah. So tell me about working with him and what kind of things did, did he say to you? I'll throw this one at you. Right. What kind of things did he say? Here's how to uh, yeah, get it better. Yeah, he first said, like, hey, dude, like, do it a little better than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Omar, he's, I mean, he's an unbelievable musician, an unbelievable ear, an unbelievable guy. But, yeah, above it all, he's just one of the sweetest, nicest humans that we've ever encountered. And, like, when we met him, it wasn't, I'm... Grammy Award-winning producer Michael O'Marty. And now, you said, call me Omar, and that's what we did. And, you know, we're still in touch with him. Yeah. We'll still call him or text him whenever we can. We hope he's doing well. The fact that he wanted to work with you yeah. is the greatest affirmation of your skills mm -hmm. that I could possibly think of. Because he, he can say no to anybody. And he's only said yes to the people who have just charted on up to the very top. So I think it's uh, indicative of the fact that he sees something in you. One of the things that I've noticed is the musicianship that all of you possess. You are all phenomenal musicians as well as singers. Thank you. So uh, do you play a variety of instruments other than the ones that we're going to see tonight? Oh. Yeah, I'd yeah. I'd say, yeah. I'd say we all, we all dabble in like piano, keys yeah. a little bit. Um, then again, we're all singers and Alex... He plays pedal steel, but you start on guitar. And I love the fact that in your band, you have a steel guitar. I mean, <laughs> there's just some things that can't be done without it. Absolutely. And yep. so you're, you're the one that won't get fired. I guess not, no. Yeah. I'm still around, so I guess yeah, it's good. They, they can't fire you. The rest of them, you know, they're toast on any given day. But you, Alex, yeah. you've got it made. Yeah. So when people 
are, are listening to the new album, I've got to ask about this song about the astronaut. Where in the world did that come from? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I guess I don't want to divulge too much information, but it's, it's about a, a couple I knew. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> are we going to have to leave that one on the floor uh, here? We'll have to cut this Okay. Um, it's about a couple I knew, and it was kind of unrealistic expectations um, from both sides. It's called marriage. Oh. That's what, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm think I'm a little too young for that. But, yeah. uh, All these people out here get it. They sure do. <laughs> no, but it, it was about unreal, unrealistic expectations and kind of uh, a relationship that's almost doomed because... You're kind of with the wrong person, even though you really care for the person. And it was just kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of a shot in the dark. We're just going to have to listen to it to really get to it. Listen to it. <laughs> well, uh, what a tease to get your album. <laughs> what a what a great sales pitch. I'm I'm with it all oh, the way. Yeah. We're excited to have you guys. Can't wait to hear you. This audience is going to absolutely love you, as will the TV audience. Thank you for being here. We're thrilled to get to uh, have you with us, and we hope. We'll see you many, many more times. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is standing over there. He really wants to tell you all about this band and how to get their music. And he's going to do that right now and tell you how to get the music of November Blue. Just go to Huckabee.tv for links to the band's website and music and to see an exclusive performance of their single, Blossom Eyes. Now, performing Come Back, here's November Blue. Say it's me, I'll say it. 